You're listening to JM Partners Atlanta Market East Drop, a quick real estate update from Jerry Metcalf Partners, real estate agents on the ground in Atlanta, talking about what it's like, what to expect, the pros, the cons, and what to consider to align yourself and your loved ones for the best opportunities. Hi, everybody. Today, we're back. This is the JMP eavesdrop that always goes live first on my personal Facebook page because that's convenient. We are talking today about technology and the real estate market of Atlanta and what that really means. Before we get started, everybody say hi. We have clearly a special guest, but first, Chad Caretis, <laughs> JM Partners, Atlanta Fun Homes. Oh, I thought I was a special. I thought that's what you were saying. I was like, oh, well, thank uh, you. Yeah, you're special. We're all special. We're all the special guests. Adam Vickers, Jack Blue, the Glue, and Director of Marketing to Business Development and Client Experience for the team. And Greg Metcalf. He is a broker with Jones Lang LaSalle, specializing in leasing office space. He brought Mercedes to Atlanta. That's just an easy plug on that one, just to give you an example of what he does. Um, and he also happens to be my husband. Great. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. What's that? Thank you for having me. So he's got a busy day today. So we really appreciate him being here. Um, again, we're going to talk about Atlanta and tech. Three things to know. Number one, we're going to hit on what's the market doing right now in Atlanta. Number two, we're going to talk about, this is where Greg comes in. What about technology in Atlanta? What's really going on yesterday? We got some news in the media about Airbnb making an announcement they're coming here. That's just touches the surface. And number three, how is that affecting our market value? How can we predict? What do we do? What's going on? What does it mean to me as someone who lives in Atlanta, resident in Atlanta? First, let's touch on the market. You guys want to give some plugs or I can go over that real quickly and get to the stuff we have Greg here for. I'll get on that. The market is incredible. So interestingly enough, the number of sales this, this time last year is up only 1%. Sales prices, however, happen to be up a whole 20%. That's median and or average sales price. Inventory or supply is down by 50%. This time last year, or almost 50, 45% fewer listings are on the market now this year than there, there were last year. So we've got Demand is clearly up. Sales are actually still up despite low inventory and prices are going up. And oh, by the way, now companies are coming into Atlanta. So that being said, the companies coming into Atlanta goes into technology, which Greg really has the behind the scenes insight on besides what we're reading the media. Greg, will you fill us in on that? Well, it's been a consistent story now for the past 20 years, really. And, and then there's been a, a kind of a nudge or an add to it. But Atlanta being a Sunbelt city has always been a, a major growth city. And uh, with the low cost of doing business, uh, as well as a high quality of living and a low cost of living, um, companies are coming here. They're, 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 they're leaving the more expensive New Yorks and Californias and Floridas. In fact, in 2019 and in 2020, um, Georgia uh, was in the top five of, of net in migration um, from, from other, other cities, uh, which is, a, is pretty darn strong uh, if you look at it. Um, say that one more time for everybody who missed it about how many businesses come into Georgia and why, just like net, net, how much, what was that number again? 
That, that's people, right? So, right. so in, in terms of net migration, G Georgia's number five for 2019 and 2020, right? So, so Florida was number one with 587,261 people moving to Florida. Georgia's actually five at 274, uh, 274,000. So, you know, wow. between Florida, Texas, California, uh, North Carolina, and Georgia, that, that, that's what it is. California is the only shocker there to me. And I think it's just retired people, or I don't know what they're thinking because the cost of doing business there is absurd. But in terms of businesses relocating, it's, it's Sunbelt cities and it's Atlanta. And let's hit on why businesses come here and then why, and what, then what's going on in the technology. So businesses, why sure. are they? Sure. Right. So, so of, 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 as always, low cost of, of, of living, um, low cost to do business, uh, high quality life. And, you know, Mercedes moving from New Jersey, excellent case in point. What's changed in the past year to accelerate that process? Number one, everything was on pause when COVID hit. But once things got going again, um, really a, a lot of it had to do with uh, the interest in corporate America, particularly tech companies, uh, bringing themselves to uh, a more diverse uh, type of uh, uh, environment. They're, they're out to fulfill their diversity initiatives. Um, and Atlanta universities, you know, historically black colleges uh, and universities such as Morehouse, um, Spelman College, um, they've been stated, you know, as key factors in, in some of these recent big moves. Um, Microsoft CEO, um, uh, Brad Smith, you know, specifically commented on that, as did uh, what Jerry, you alluded to earlier, which was um, uh, the, the Airbnb uh, CEO. That, that, that diversity was, was, was critical. Um, happy to share with you examples, uh, you know, of, of those moves, but it's kind of funny because, you know, tech companies were kind of talking out of the side of their mouth saying, oh, you know, we think we all can work from home. You know, we need, like, need much office space. And while they were saying that, um, all across the country, and in particular Atlanta, big leases have been signed in the middle of COVID. Greg, I with all that. So I was reading um, with Microsoft, for example, because it sounds like, you know, and you had touched on this with the diversity initiatives, but it's not so, I mean, it sounds like too, that they have a big interest in the community as well, in, in general community improvement, um, which, for example, like on the West side, I know is a big thing. And they were talking about how they're, you know, they were going around and seeing what was needed and so on and so forth. Can you touch on that a little bit? Sure, you're, you're yeah. spot on. And that's part, that's part of that diversity initiative, uh, particularly being the West side, right? I mean, that, that, that is a historically black area in, in Atlanta. Uh, in fact, it's not too far from the, the colleges that I just mentioned earlier. Uh, both Let's pause for a second. We're still live, but here's something to hit on. Real quick, everybody, hold your thought. Number, let's hit on these numbers. Facebook, Greg, was this during the quarantine? This is going to put it into perspective. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So you want to hear hear the leases? I I can I can address both at the same time. Hit on hit on the numbers, and then that's going to sure. lead into the west side to, to Chad's question. Sure. But yeah, so the, so in the middle of what's happening. Go ahead. Yeah. In the middle of, of this entire scenario with the coronavirus, where everybody was away from the office, Google leased 475,000 feet in Atlanta while saying that maybe we'll work from home. All new space. That's, that's a, almost the full, almost all 31 stories of, of 1105 West Peachtree, a brand new building. Microsoft 
leased two buildings completely unrelated to what Chad just brought up, two brand new buildings uh, 523,000 feet in Atlantic Station, um, actually called Atlantic Yards. Facebook took 35,000 and now reported possibly a lot more um, in the new T3 building in Atlantic Station. So these are three, the, the buildings I just mentioned, there's four brand new buildings in Atlanta that were delivering before COVID when the economy was hot. They're fully leased guys, no space available in it. In every single case that I just described, all new, net new jobs to Atlanta. They're not relocating from another location in Atlanta. They're hiring people here or moving people here. And that's thousands and thousands and thousands of people under that scenario. But to take it to the next level into where Chad was going, actually, let me stack one more of recent, which was Jerry alluded to Airbnb. Same concept. Don't have the details yet and can't really talk about any of the details, but you know, we don't know what building they're going or where they're going, but, you know, you can count on at least 300, probably 500 jobs being added by Airbnb as well. All high paying tech jobs. So to answer your question, Core Yards, uh, the big secret, um, it was actually purchased kind of like a Disney purchase uh, back in, in September. Nobody knew who it was. Um, and then we figured out uh, in January that it was, in fact, Microsoft. And then in February, Microsoft announced what are they going to do with 90 acres adjacent to Quarry Yards? And it turns out it's not just Microsoft, but there's involvement with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, and so within this project, we're not talking just office space. Uh, we're not talking about uh, just the data centers that they're going to need and going to put within this location, uh, the research and development that's going to happen there. But we're talking about affordable housing and, and Microsoft investing significantly into that affordable housing. The other comment as it relates to what you're talking about, Chad, is Airbnb. Part of what I do is get big incentives for companies that the states give all across the country or the cities give or whoever gives. Airbnb announced in, yesterday that every incentive that they've got, they're donating back to affordable housing for the city. So that's how forceful these tech companies are. And we're in Atlanta and Atlanta is going to be the recipient of a lot of this as a result because we're, we're the most diverse city, in, in my opinion, in the country. And, and of course, we're in the Sun Belt, so it's less expensive. Uh, it's smarter to operate here. You got the best talent and the easiest way to retain and recruit. So what does that mean for the real estate market in Atlanta? For the residential market, it's a little clear. But before we go there, do you guys have any questions about, like, I'm curious what that means for the office market and commercial market, and of course, understanding and commercial in this aspect, we're talking about land land on one end and we're also talking about office space. Um, share a little bit with that, or do you guys have any questions on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I just would say, it sounds like these guys are, uh, this is a long-term play for these guys. And, and when you talk about incentives uh, and investing back into the community, because um, at first glance, you know, you don't really think of these big corporations coming in um, and having this long-term effect, you're almost like thinking like, oh, they, they're testing the waters, Atlanta is, you know, maybe a young city, all this, but it sounds like it's pretty long-term. When you went through all of that, I'm like, dang, this actually sounds like, um, you know, they're here to stay for uh, the time being. So Jack, the, the leases that I mentioned, which, which are mammoth, um, are committing these company, companies uh, in, in, in some, well, on one 10 years, the other's 12 and 15 years. So they're committed to pay millions of dollars per month, per month for their, their office leases. So that's a pretty solid commitment. And then 
the, the price tag that Microsoft paid for core yards is just, um, it, it, it really changes the whole, whole field. And a lot of that's driven by, by that park, guys. That park is gonna be amazing amenity for, for the city of Atlanta. Um, we were looking it up the other day and I can't remember exactly, but I'm fairly certain it's bigger than Piedmont Park. It is, yeah, it's gonna be the largest one in, in the city. That's the one, yeah. is that the one behind Chad? That's the one, yeah. Is that, yeah. No, no, this is the Microsoft thing. That's Piedmont, okay. Piedmont okay. Park, and if I'm wrong, everybody call me out. But I think Piedmont Park is like 183 acres, and this Prairie Park is like 285 or 200. Oh, wow. I think that's about, wow. that's the difference in the sizes of what these parks. This four yards development backs right up to it, right? I mean, so it's it's got park frontage. It's it's just and it's it's got the egress and you know getting in and out. It's relatively easy. Um, and in, they're building a huge bridge over um, uh, uh, Norfolk Southern's uh, rail system up adjacent to uh, Georgia Tech that's going to connect uh, and pull everything together. So um, really a big, big play. Uh, somewhat, you know, to me, I look at it as, a, as, as big of a change if, if you guys, some of you younger folks won't remember, but Atlantic Station, um, you know, that, that used to be Atlantic Steel Yards. And that was, you know, a, I think a 70 acre site. Um, big, big, big imprint on Midtown. It used to be Midtown was not on the other side of the, of the connector. Um, and now, you know, it's, it's overflowed and it's overflowing more. Greg, in terms of general property values, do you think that we can look at kind of around um, like Pont City Market and the east side, let's say eight, nine years ago? Do you, I mean, do you think that the trends are going to emulate, follow what they've done since then? The they're going to they're going to keep they're going to keep climbing hence hence the desire of of the local leadership um that are within within those markets that are concerned about gentrification and, and moving and relocating a lot of those people these corporations are civic minded uh and they're 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 coming in with a view i mean i've never heard of a company donating incentives back um but coming in with the idea that they don't want to be a problem they want to be part of the community um, and I don't, if you don't, I don't know if you know much about the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, but I guarantee you whatever they're doing is going to be amazing for that neighborhood as well. And, and I think it's all done to embrace and, and protect um, the, the local folks that are there and uplift them um, as opposed to, you know, historically uh, gentrification has, has negative effects on, on many, many people. And so I see it very much a, a, a joint partnership of local communities and these corporations, very different than, than than the way things used to be done. Oh, and that's benefits to all price points, all people, all markets, all across the board, which creates a lot of consistency and traction in our market, short-term and long-term. How, Greg, how many how many jobs did you say this was gonna be adding? I know you just, in one- Pick a, pick a project. Um, I mean, the, you know, the easy one, I can look at Google and guess it's probably 20,000, uh, 20,000, 2,500. Uh, um, you know, the, the Microsoft location that's in, in uh, Atlantic Station, very close to the same, maybe 2,500, maybe 3,000, depending on how, how they densify and how much they hotel their, their space, which they're known for hoteling pretty heavily. Um, Facebook, you know, Facebook's probably four or 500, uh, soon to grow from what I'm hearing. I have no idea on Airbnb, I'd speculate three to 300 to 500 right now. And then the Quarry Yards project, Adam, man, it's hard to tell, uh, you know, so some of it, data, data center space doesn't take a lot of people, right? It takes a lot of, of, of uh, dirt, 
but it's a lot of dirt that's there and the you know the residential development it, it's I, don't, I haven't seen the plans i don't know how much r&d or how much office is there so how many jobs it'll bring because they may they may weigh heavily more towards residential development on the side i, I don't know I mean, this will just have a huge impact on the residential side because not only is it adding that many jobs, but it's retaining a lot of the people coming out of the out of Georgia Tech and a lot of the other schools around here to keep them in Atlanta, which is, I mean, it's going to be huge for the residential market just to, to keep those jobs here versus sending them out to California and New York and everywhere else. Yeah, and this is really, in, in, in my memory, one of the first absolutely obvious and stated um, desires to, to recruit and retain um, from the Spellmans and the Morehouses, um, which were just like Georgia Tech. A lot of great talent was learning and developing and growing in those schools. And then they were returning back to their homes in Boston or New York or wherever else they might live. Great. It also is, talk about inventory. Well, the Cory, Cory Park is definitely an opportunity for properties to be built and for us to gain, we need more inventory in the single home. That's really what the demand is right now, but we're gonna be getting more and more of that. And I think for everybody, it's even as resales, usually we're threatened by new construction, not anymore because we need inventory in all aspects, which is gonna drive demand. It's gonna drop pricing and we do have ways and places for inventory to keep going up to account for this. It creates a few problems though, that give us a few opportunities. Any more final thoughts or questions from everybody? No, awesome well, 10 years coming. We do have final thoughts. Yeah. Final thoughts. Thank you to Kevin Dwyer, our guest last week. Mm -hmm. Who's your favorite Hollywood couple? <laughs> Seriously, guys. Nobody Franco, God. No Hollywood couple? <laughs> they don't stay together long enough. So how do you really like yeah, them? Yeah, it's a revolving door. <laughs> that, and that I don't blame you, Greg. Well, I don't know anybody's names. It's kind of on y'all to have the answers for this. It's like shaman. I mean, like we had so much fun with the sappy movies last week. How about Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt? But maybe they're not a couple anymore. I was about to I ask think who's Brad are. Pitt dating this week. Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt. There, I mean, there was a cute couple. Here, when's the last time you watched a movie? Like 2009? <laughs> well, I think it's going to help me out. This was supposed to be your thing. Like, come on, guys. I don't know. Um, Somebody watch movies. To Jerry and Greg Metcalf. Hollywood <laughs> couples just, I don't know they last that long. Kind of hard to think about or remember who's doing what. <laughs> and who's, who's Justin Bieber dating these days? You know, maybe that's it. How about Britney Spears and uh, whoever she was with? I don't know. Who's your favorite Hollywood sweetheart? Amanda mm. P. I already knew that. Who's that? Kanye, Kanye and Kardashians. <laughs> Why? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Why? Aren't they getting divorced? Sure. <laughs> we really need to Charlie. catch up on our e-news. Entertaining. <laughs> Dad's got something to say. He's just deciding whether or not he's going to say it. Yeah, I know. I'm like, mm, hush. Let <laughs> it out, Chad. It's live, Chad. Live to everybody. Nothing you can do about it. Oh yeah, it is live. It is live. Yeah. I reminded him. So Denise Richards, if you're watching this, you call us. <laughs> All right, we're gonna close it out with that. Thank y'all for listening to the Jay and Partners Eavesdrop. We are officially a podcast. Go to we are at we are gonna have a domain we'll announce next week. But anywhere you can find a podcast, especially in Apple, 
you can find this podcast and subscribe and every week get notified of the weekly updates on all the crazy stuff going on Atlanta market and a few of the favorite sweethearts or movies or whatever else we come up with next week. Thanks y'all.